Hey, good morning, and I hope you're having a great Saturday morning. We're going to take a little bit of a break from our devotional, and I thought maybe on Saturdays, as the Lord gives me strength, I would um, touch on prophecy. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience of rediscovering the meaning of prophecy in the Bible. As I previously mentioned, I was introduced to the Bible at a young age, even though I was not baptized as a Jehovah Witness. My initial exposure to theology and eschatology was through their perspective. I learned that prophecy is when God foretells events that will happen in the future. Now, I I still believe this definition holds uh, up today. Uh, primarily as it's expressed in texts in texts of scripture such as Isaiah in the Old Testament where it's made clear that God declares the end from the beginning and is in, and is therefore in control of human affairs and we can deduce the same from the book of uh, Daniel that God is sovereign over the affairs of human history as for the book of Revelation I thought that it that it's prophecy predicting future events However, I never questioned whose future it was referring to. I simply assumed it was my own. Consequently, whenever I read prophecy in the Bible, I interpreted it as a forecast of my personal future. And this was due to my habit of internalizing and personalizing every biblical text I read, regardless of its context. I had an inconsistent approach when interpreting Old Testament scriptures that foretold the coming of the Messiah. While I could comprehend that these prophecies, um, while I could comprehend these prophecies rather and acknowledge that they were accomplished in Jesus historically, I only sometimes considered the historical background when interpreting other passages. With other scriptures, such as the ones mentioned again in Isaiah that describes as the government coming to rest upon the Messiah's shoulders, I still considered that phrase shall come to be as a future occurrence that that is future to me despite being ingrained uh, in a futuristic perspective whenever i read the book of revelation it never sat well with me to justify phrases like soon shortly and quickly it didn't rest well with my futuristic approach because it began to dawn on me that john received this text over 2000 years ago now other people's explanations of this apparent inconsistency were that well the lord to the lord is like a thousand years a day is like a thousand years and i would always kind of push back the objection yeah but jesus was speaking to john not to himself nevertheless the force of my indoctrination suppressed this little question but the problem was exasperated by the fact that, that the book of john was written during the time uh during a during a period of time where there was intense persecution and suffering for the Christians and Christians and and whether it was authored during Nero's reign or later in the time of Domitian it's difficult it was difficult for me to comprehend why during such affliction that Christians were currently going through that God would reveal would reveal to John something that did not directly address the Christians pain at that point in time it seemed unreasonable to expect a first century audience to decipher the meaning of the beast number even if they were able to do so why would they bother if the beast's arrival did not occur for centuries later it would appear pointless 
Moreover, one might question why God did not rise up a prophet who could speak more directly to the predicted events as, as, as he has done in the past. In other words, closer to the events that have been predicted. Initially, the Olivet Discourse in the Gospels confused me too. However, upon closer examination, I realized that Jesus was warning his disciples about the destruction of the temple and its aftermath. Jesus frequently addresses his disciples in the discourse using the second person plural, you. In Matthew 24, uh, verses 34, Jesus said that the events he predicted would happen within the disciples' lifetime. As I began to pursue this line of thinking, I realized that this was fulfilled in the temple's destruction in Jerusalem in 70 AD, which occurred within the lifetime of many of Jesus' disciples. In Matthew 10, Jesus warns his disciples that the persecution they, they will face for their faith, telling them that they will be handed over to local councils, flogged in synagogues, and brought before governors and kings. He also tells them that everyone will hate them because of him. This prediction proved to be true as early Christians faced persecution from Jewish and Roman authorities. Similarly, in Mark 13, Jesus warns his disciples that they will be arrested, they will be arrested, and they will be persecuted for their faith, but he tells them not to worry because the Holy Spirit will give them the words to speak when they are brought to trial. He also tells them that family members and will betray them and that all will be and that all will hate them because of his name. Again, this prediction was fulfilled in the early Christian community as many believers were arrested and persecuted and martyred for their faith. And even if I insisted on forcing a futuristic interpretation on these warnings and passages that Jesus gives to his, his disciples, I still couldn't negate the fact that everything Jesus said that would happen to them actually happened to them in this in the way that he said that it would. In Luke 21, Jesus warns his disciples about the signs that will precede the end of the age, including wars and earthquakes, famines and plagues. He also tells them that they will be persecuted and brought before rulers and authorities, as I said before, because of him, but that they should not be afraid because he will give them the words to speak. Again, this prediction was fulfilled in the 1st and 2nd century. During this time, there were several significant revolts by the Jews against Roman rule, such as the First Jewish War in 66-73 AD and the Bar Koba War in 132-135 AD. These revolts were remarked by extreme violence and bloodshed, fulfilling Jesus' prophecies of wars. Natural disasters, famines, and earthquakes were also prevailing during the, during the first and second centuries. For example, in 92 AD, a major earthquake struck the Roman city of Laodicea, causing significant damage. Several families were recorded during this period of time. Sorry, several famines rather were recorded during this period of time, including uh, one in Rome in 51 AD that was so severe that the government had to actually import grain from, from Egypt. In addition to these natural disasters, the early Christians faced persecution and were brought before rulers and authorities because of their faith. For instance, in the first century, as I mentioned before, Jewish and Roman 
leaders targeted Christians for persecution. The Roman Emperor Nero blamed Christians for the Great Fire of Rome in 64 AD and ordered the execution of many believers. Later in the second century, the Roman uh, Empire under the Emperor Trajan implemented policies to actively persecute and punish Christians. Finally, in Acts 8, 1-4, we see the beginning of the persecution of the early church, as Paul, later known as Saul, begins to arrest and imprison Christians. This fulfilled Jesus' predictions that his followers would be persecuted for their faith. However, we also see in this passage that the persecution did not stop the gospel spread, as many believers continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus, even in the face of opposition. Despite facing persecution and opposition, the early church spread the gospel throughout the Roman Empire and beyond, just as Jesus foretold. This ultimately led to the growth and the establishment of Christianity as a major world religion. As I embarked on my journey of discovery, I realized the accuracy and reliability of Jesus' prophecies. The events he predicted in the first century came to pass, providing strong evidence of his divinity and the truth of his message. However, my study didn't end there, and there were still questions that lingered, which you, the reader, may also be wondering about. For instance, Jesus spoke of signs in the heavens, such as the sun turning to blood and stars falling. Um, he, uh, sorry, the moon turning to blood, the sun getting dark and stars falling. He also mentioned mentions the abomination of desolation as prophesied by Daniel. He says, let the reader have wisdom. In the following few blogs, Lord willing, I will address these questions and share my own testimony of how the temple's destruction and how many of the supernatural events that are actually recorded in the first century have been documented and historically and how these have helped to resolve some of these issues for me. Until we meet again, uh, have a great day. You're also welcome to follow along as we do a uh, weekly daily devotional. Uh, currently, we're going through a walk. Um, we're going to taking a walk through the book of Colossians. Anyways, I will bid you a good day. And I hope you found this uh, at, at, uh, at the very least interesting.